one night I was lying in bed with my partner and I just, it was just, my head was just, my brain was going insane and it was crying out to me, I just want to be, it literally, we were saying like, I just want to be they, them. Mm. It was pronoun based. Something Mm. about the pronouns, they, them, I just, I needed it. I Mm. felt free. I felt, uh, uh, I can't explain. It was so intense. And I just burst out crying because I was so, it was the most, one of the most vulnerable things I've ever done. In 1837, Horace Mann created the education system, a system at the time designed to pump out factory workers and professors. The same system that is still being used today in the 21st century. Now, Mann's system is backfiring. We are being molded by the same industrial system that has existed for close to 200 years. That system delivers us into a digital economy that has no need of our outdated skills. This isn't our teacher's fault. This isn't the government's fault. This is due to a rapidly changing world full of technology and unforeseen circumstances. And us Gen Zs are caught in the middle. Welcome to the Driven Young Podcast, the podcast for stressed, overwhelmed young Australians, teaching you practical life skills you can implement now to set yourself up in life. And now your host, Byron Dempsey. Welcome back to the Driven Young Podcast, and today I'm joined by Justin Martin. Justin Martin, known as JMQ, is a multi-instrumentalist and has a background in the Australian indie scene. Justin has toured internationally as Our Man in Berlin, who received a heavy Triple J rotation and support. This is part of their production company and have worked with multiple, multiple artists, such as Pace, who some of you may know. So I met Justin through my best friend Pace, who is a musician, and they're such an amazing person. But today on the podcast, whilst we do discuss their music career and journey, we also discuss how Justin recently came out as non-binary. Non-binary is something I've wanted to explore for a while on this podcast, and Justin is the perfect person to do it with, in my opinion. They're very open, shares their entire experience, and gave me a much deeper understanding and insight into how they felt and identify. I really love this episode. We talk a lot about masculinity and what it means to be a man, among many other things. But as usual, please DM me and please, please DM Justin. They would love to receive your messages, especially if this connected with you on any level. And please leave a review for the podcast. That would mean the world to me. Otherwise, over to Justin. All right, we ready? So, I'm like so ready. All right, Justin. Woo! Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm very excited for this episode. We've known each other for a year almost? Yeah. Getting, getting to a year. We met through Pace, who obviously, if people know know me, Pace is my best friend. We've got the other podcast as well. And, mm. uh, you know, budding musicians doing a lot yeah. of work together. And there's lots we want to talk about this episode. I want to get, you know, deep and talk about a bunch of really important stuff. Before we do, I always ask one question, and it's very simple. What did you do after high school? And, like, what was going on in that decision-making process? I love that. I love that question. Um, so I was like... I was a sort of kid that, you know, loved maths and science. Well, more so was good at it. So I was like, hey, let's go to uni. But I also love music. So I was like, I don't know what to do. Oh, I'm going to do the year off after high school. Mm. So took a year off and proceeded to do only writing and no, like, I didn't do any, like, academic stuff. And I hated it. Mm. And I didn't have a purpose. And I really hated it. (laughs) So... I took a year off and then I was like, fuck, all right, I'm just going to study engineering. And so I did a whole engineering degree. I didn't know you did that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So people are like, oh, you should have taken a year off. And I was like, I did. Yeah. And yeah. I still did the thing that I didn't end up doing. Wow. Be- but it was because when I tried music, I was, I didn't realize that I needed a full scope of music. I was like, I didn't know what the options were. Like mm. I didn't. No one was, even my piano teacher was like, don't study music. It's a waste of time. I was like, but you did that. Mm, <laughs> mm. And so I, yeah, did music, but I was only writing and I didn't really know software, which I now like my full-time job is working on music software and I fucking love it. Mm. So I just, I was too lost and engineering, a degree to me was um, very structured and purposeful and I got to go somewhere. And at that time I was like, I, I, that's all I want. Well, something that I've you been know? talking a lot about, the language I've heard is it, it buys me time to avoid becoming an adult. Yeah. And, and it gives you an answer yeah. to, the, to the question when, you know, 45-year-old Karen is at a barbecue and she yes. says, what are you doing now? That's exactly, it's, it's just that. Because mm. if all of us, if all of us, like everyone my age, we're chatting, no one really cares. Yeah. Like all answers are kind of equal and the more, the, the more 
off your answer is the more interesting. Mm. Whereas it's it's the, those extended family members and all those annoying people that you know ask you assume something about you. And so I've even seen yeah. like I think a lot of parents will vicariously live through their kids' success, and yeah. because they view success as this very traditional route. You know, they love to be able to say, oh, Justin's doing engineering. Yeah. I'm so proud. I'm <laughs> so proud. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. My child's doing this. But are they happy? Yeah. And are they fulfilled? Are they doing something they love? That's exactly it. And it was this, it's this weird thing where my parents were always would happily let me do whatever I wanted to. Mm. But it was everyone else that because I was good at maths and science, they were like, well, obviously you're going to do money degree. And then I was like, I, I, I really was always a kid that didn't want to go out of the lines, you know, like I've really come a long way to who I am I now. Say, I was about to say, <laughs> like, so I dare not go off the path. I even remember, so my sister studied musical theater and the joke in the family was she would be the musical theater one and I'd be the one who would make money. Right. Right. <laughs> and I even wrote a song for her 21st. Cause I just wrote songs to the family it was like, ha ha. Yeah, whatever. And then, engineering degree finished it and was like i really don't like engineering can we just unpack just before you move on what you just mm. said about how it was a joke right yeah but if we actually go back that's a, that joke would have affected you yeah like you definitely. know i don't know how old you were when they're saying that joke but if you're only you know 10 11 12 13 14 15 if you're hearing that for six seven years of your life yeah. that means you know that would have affected okay i should do engineering then it's, sub, it's subconsciously telling you okay 100%. i make a lot of money that's good um, I can maybe support my sister who's following, you know, this other pathway. Yeah. And that, you know, that probably went into why you made that decision. Yeah, 100%. Like it's, it takes a lot. You have to, it takes a lot of like, you know, I guess maybe belief in yourself to be able to take, yeah. to choose something that will then put you in the spotlight for maybe the wrong reasons or maybe for a joke. Mm. So for and my- Self-awareness, I think. Yeah. Like for my sister, she was, she owned it and mm. she always has. And whereas it's taken me doing all the stuff I didn't want to do mm. to realize what I wanted to do. And now when people ask me, you know, how did you know? I'll be like, oh, oh, honey, yeah, yeah. I took a year off. I did engineering degree. I did all these jobs I hated. I just trust me. I know. And don't fucking tell me to go do engineering. Mm. Like just shut up. Mm. <laughs> so I know yeah. multiple people have done specifically an engineering degree. Do you know mm. Marvin? Did you ever meet Marvin, my friend? No. He's such a creative, interesting human. Like he's got such a cool energy and he did engineering. Mm. And he's like, I've never used it. I think it's one of those common ones that people just kind of jump into. It's very successful yep. traditionally. And there's always jobs apparently, even though yeah, yeah. that is still dependent on the market. Mm. Um, so has my core uni group, there was like five or six of us, half of us who all graduated, half of us aren't doing engineering. Right. So like. Doesn't surprise me. <laughs> You just do maths and science school and then you go, oh, this. And you, there's never, no one ever really, no one ever really gives you the right space to cultivate what that is you're looking for. And they, instead of actually giving you the space you need, they just go, oh, a year off? Because everyone else is doing the year off. So mm. parents, everyone who decides the rules are just going, oh, a year off is acceptable. But after that, you better know. And you better know during your year off because everything yeah. else is wasting time, apparently. Well, even for me, a year off wasn't acceptable. I don't know any, I can't tell you a single person who took crazy? a year off. Yeah. And it's crazy because my mum took a year off and she went to Norway. Mm. So she had, what I like to call is like an intentional year off. Yeah. I think it'd be dangerous if you take a year off and do nothing. Sure. But if you take a year off to travel, to discover yourself, to yeah. meet new people, and my mum spent a, a year living in Norway. Mm. She went back to Norway four years ago with my younger sister and they met up with her sister, that like her, what do you call it? Her host sister. Mm. They now both have daughters the same age and they met up in Europe, you know, so 30, cool. 30 years later. And I'm oh just like, God. and she can still remember a bit of Norwegian and she's meeting up to walk the El Camino next year with her as well. Oh, so it's damn. just like, you know, that was one year of her life yep. and she's got lifelong friends and she learned all these other, about another culture and stuff. Yep. And then she came back and she was a year behind her peers, but no one cares. Same with me. I was yeah. like a year behind. I was like, what are these, what are these rules? Mm. And, and uh, you know, here's me now. I'm 32 and I look at a lot of other people who knew straight after school that they wanted to do music and they didn't, and that was their plan A, whereas music was my plan B. And you mm. know what it's like. Don't wait for your plan B, just yeah. <laughs> like, so we meet a lot of, I meet a lot of people who are 
who didn't have to wait for five years to figure out what they wanted to do. And some, and that definitely frustrates me, but I have to remind myself, there's no, what is this timeline of rules? Mm. Like what is, why, what does this have to be a certain age? Like I am because of who I am and just the way that I've decided to live my life, my, um, you know, typical points, what are they like? Lifetime achievements right. do not line up with any of my other friends. Like, like graduation, marriage, kids. Yep, blah, owning blah, blah. a house. None of that stuff yeah. is, you know, and, and I love it. Um, but it's so funny how you have to consciously make create that and own that story because it's really easy for other people to insert their story, like you say, parents, because... It's, uh, I don't know, people are just so uncreative that you go come along and you're like, I have a new story. And they're like, shut up. Here's what I did. Mm. And you should do that. Mm. It's like, but don't you want to, you know, don't we want to do find new things? Isn't that exciting? Mm. So well, we have access to the internet now, yeah. which has changed the world, <laughs> right? Like you can yep. kind of, you don't have to have a degree to do a lot of things. Like yep. you don't need to study music. You can learn it. You don't study it officially, but you can learn it online. Yep. You can watch YouTube. You can just pay for courses for like that hundred bucks instead of, $40,000. So this is, so this actually goes really well into what happened next. So I finished engineering and I was like, still in the mindset of, I must study something. Mm. Like I hundred percent was that person in high school. Dare not. I learned stuff on my own, but dare not do it for a career. Right. And I finished engineering degree and I was like, Oh, I need to study something. Oh, uh, Oh, music engineering, audio engineering. Nailed it. And I was like, perfect. <laughs> I'm, I'm a genius. <laughs> And everyone else can shut up now because I've done what, you know, they're asking me to fucking do. And I enrolled at SAE. Yes, I know SAE. <laughs> I looked into it. It's just private, isn't it? Private. Very expensive. Very expensive. Yeah. So, and, and you can't get uh, government help. You can only get like the vet fee help, which mm. is 25% loading at that time. So in a $40,000 degree, degree, which is more than an engineering degree, $40,000 degree turned into a $50,000 degree. Over what? Three, three years? <laughs> Over two years. Two years. <laughs> 25 grand a year. And you're like, this isn't... And they're like, I would just get a loan. You're like, but I won't pay this back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know that. Like, so, so I rolled in January to start in September. I was like, okay, I've got nine months to, to you know, decide whether I want to do yeah, it. Yeah, right. And in those nine months... I went, I found out all the shit I could learn for free online. Yeah. And I learned so much that by this time September came along, I was like, I don't need to do this mm. degree anymore. I already know all this stuff. Mm. And I'd started applying it in the real world, like just with people around me. And that was my first experience going, maybe I don't need to study anymore. Mm. And since then, I've never bothered trying to, I've never gone, you know, studying is my solution. It's always learn, learn on my own, learn on my own. Yeah. And then when I hit a wall, I go for where's one person I can get one lesson from that can just tick me to the next level. What's right? even interesting, the language that you and we use as in like, you know, mm. I don't study. It's like, yeah, but you study for nine months just on YouTube. Yeah. You know, it just wasn't officially and it just wasn't through traditional. It wasn't, yes. Like we it, still study. You can still study through, you know, I study, I read so. books all the time. Mm. I'm always listening to podcasts and learning from people. And like, I guess, I get to study as my job in a way. Yeah. It's just not officially. Yep. Even I interviewed a doctor, he's 28, he's a doctor. And he said, you know, he dropped out of being a doctor at like 27. He went, yeah. oh, this isn't for me. And now he teaches people like how to learn effectively. He's got a whole company around it. His name's Justin actually. Hey, <laughs> good name. Dr. Justin. <laughs> and he was telling me that like, it's crazy how much respect parents give me because my name is Dr. Justin, not yep. just Justin. They're like, oh, you just see it and in like their he'll, eyes. He'll and say stuff that he can just say whatever he wants because they respect him so much because he's got the name, the doctor in front of it. He's only worked in the field for a year. You know what I mean? Because he's so, <laughs> so that's such funny. a high, it's so much around status. And like engineering is high status. Yeah. And a, a, a desperate musician is low status. But then if you can make it as a musician, now you're high status. <laughs> yeah. But you still got to keep proving yourself yeah. because if you, what's your latest thing you did? And like, one of my favorite things to do now is, you know, to say what I do, like now I'm a full-time songwriter and producer and then it's to wait until some, you know, we naturally get into studying and then I'm like, oh, I did an engineering degree. Mm. And it always, if they're older, obviously, if they're parent, then it's like, it's a complete change. Yeah. Um, but it's cool. It's actually more interesting talking to younger people because you kind of, they kind of go, oh, so it's just zigzagging and you're mm. like, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I didn't know the outcome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, parents and older and Zoomers are just boomers. Not Zoomers. Um, yeah. 
Very yeah. frustrating. Uh, yeah, very. And, I, <laughs> and that's kind of what this podcast is all about. But I guess moving forward, so you mentioned you're a, a songwriter, <laughs> producer. So you've kind of gone into that area and now you're full-time? Yeah, since moving yeah. to Sydney uh, from Perth two years ago. Um, myself, my writing partner, our intention was we're going to leave gigging behind and we're just going to dive in, as, you, as we know is the best thing, and just make it only have our plan A. And we managed to make it work, which is insane because mm. even our publishers told us not to move to Sydney. No one was on our side, <laughs> you know. It's so, it's so ridiculous how little people are on your side and then you do it and they're so surprised. Yeah. And you're like, you could do it. Like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. So, yeah. She's going to have self-belief. And it's Just, almost like yeah. actually Pace said this in his episode. It's being hopelessly naive. Yeah, one of his lines. I was, love that. His line was, "Had I known how difficult it was to make it as a musician, I never would have started." That's exactly it. It's a for me. It's a thing of, I, I kept realizing I didn't want to do anything else. And so when I came to the point where I knew how badly I needed music for my soul, you know, like I just, I needed it. For the majority of my day, I couldn't have another job and then do music for a little part. Music mm. had to be the whole day. And as soon as I knew that, then, then I, was, I was like, well, it doesn't matter how ridiculous it is. Mm. I'm so happy to be in the ridiculousness, to be in the fear, to be in the, uh, in the lack of financial security. Yes, big one. Oh, like it, that's helped me a lot realizing, you know, because before then it was, you kind of shift a bit. And I mean, even through COVID, I'm like, do I need another job? Yeah, yeah, I haven't, yeah. but... <laughs> oh, I've gotten close as well. Scary, hey? Like, it, it's, it's tricky, the financial part. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's so hard. There's like a... There's a line someone said, and they... Actually, it was Dr. Justin. He was just like, how much would I have to pay you to give up on your dream? To give up on what you want to do? And like the average answer, 600000 to a million dollars a year. Yep. Yeah, most people settle for, you know, an $80,000 a year, $100,000 a year job. Crazy, And right? it's just such, such a norm. And I believe it's a privilege that we have in Australia to be able to choose something we love. Yep. Billions of people don't have that privilege. Yep. So we might as well take advantage of it. Because there's total validity in saying, well, some people just have to work to survive. Yeah, that's yeah. totally true. But most people in Australia, we have the opportunity to pursue something that we actually love and fulfills us. Yeah. And not many people in the world can say that. Yeah, definitely. Even, even like culturally, it's really interesting how... Each, like my parents, um, I'm first generation Australian. So my parents coming here, they kind of came with their sort of, you know, you have like Portuguese cultural mentality and you're trying to bring that into like the Australian mentality. And even though they were raised very strict and my grandparents are so strict and couldn't imagine, you know, anything Mm. except um, food and religion. But my parents on purpose were like, you know what? We're flipping, we're flipping the old narrative because we know so many other people who were their contemporaries that weren't really allowed to do what they wanted. Mm. Even my dad, he was like, I'm going to do accounting because it's too hard. Mm. It was hard enough for him to get into the high school he went to because in South Africa, Portuguese people were not meant to go to certain high schools and were not right. meant to go to university. Right. It was that, like, wow. um, what's the word? That separate that segregated yeah segmented segregated yeah Yeah. just like oh you look a certain way oh you're not going to be smart racist it's so so racist like and so they my parents purposefully were like you know what let's fuck that off and it's so interesting when i know their story and their conscious decision and then you have like multi-generational australian families who they just carry the same bullshit and they kind of just go and you're like you are from such a privileged place. I know, I know. And you're choosing to fuck it up for the next generation. This is insanity. It's, it blows my mind because, you know, younger people, we love to talk crap about the older generations. Yeah. And it's often true and valid. <laughs> but, like, we think they're so much worse than us. But we're just following – everyone's doing the same thing. We're yeah. doing the same mistakes they made. Yeah. And it's often because, you know, they're putting that pressure on us. And I was lucky enough that my parents didn't put that pressure. Mm. Um, you know, that mum made me apply for unis as, like, a just do it anyway. And I was like, same. I did it anyway. But yeah. I was never forced – Yep. To go down that pathway. Same. And I'm very lucky. And I also chose a degree. It was going to be film. Yep. And it's like music. It's like you don't need that to be successful. Whereas engineering, you need a degree. Yes. Or doctoring, you need a degree. Yep. Like the qualification is what you're paying for. Yep. Whereas film, you don't need a qualification. In fact, people, most successful filmmakers don't have one. So I was lucky in that sense that I wasn't... I, but I still felt like, as you said, all your friends and everyone was kind of going down that pathway. Yeah. So there's still an element of... That older generation, it's kind of gener- generational trauma. 
Yes. We kind of spoken about, Pace and I learned about that word at this, um, that men's workshop. I don't know if you remember, we went to this like men's yeah. workshop and they're talking about that. And they spoke about this idea of generational trauma, especially prevalent in men, because you look at like our grandparents, right? My God, he's yeah. never shown emotion. I'll never see him show emotion. That's just his generation. Yep. Um, he grew up as a builder in New Zealand. It's cold. You're tough. Yeah. That, and then you can see my dad's way better, but he's still got a lot going on. And I can see I'm way better, but I've right. still had to work a lot on myself. Yeah. And then you can see if I pass it down to my son, I'd hope he'd be better. Hopefully we can get to this point where we are much healthier. And so that 100%. generational trauma is just passing down in multiple different facets. I think it passes down in the, in the traditional pathway as well mm. like the the root of having to get a safe job and everything yep and and whether you have the family and you know having the grandchildren like that sort of typical stuff um but yeah like i i love talking about that stuff and um i did a, a men's workshop back um in 2019 with my dad and that was a huge moment for us because we really got to discuss the inter- intergenerational stuff mm. and i really got to hear his experience, you know, because we had to write a letter to our dads mm. and I got to hear his experience from his dad and it was just that understanding. It was beautiful in that it helped me get closer to him but also allowed me to be more comfortable with my voice because I was like, wow, he was so different to his dad. I'm allowed to be as different as I need to be mm. to my dad. And it's interesting how, you know, it took me, you know, 31 years of my life to realize that I didn't want to exist as a cis male anymore. Mm. It took me all of this sort of, because of all that intergenerational trauma, I know for a fact, it sounded so wanky, I know for a fact, <laughs> my, my a dad and my uh, granddad, they talk about um, there's like, in every in that particular family line, there was always like one or two men that were, more feminine, just right. soft, just happened to be a bit softer, not yeah, like yeah. hard ass. And they were always made fun of and called Menina, which is girl in Portuguese. Yeah, yeah. And and it's so interesting because you have my granddad who is quite soft compared to my grandma who is like, you know, she's the one who never smiled, always beating everyone up, like hectic. And then my dad who's quite um, soft as well. Mm. And then it comes down to me and I almost feel like I'm just – completing the journey yeah. of it and um but even then it still took me you know all that time moving to sydney to break that intergenerational trauma to go hold on who am i yeah to then come out and you know as non-binary as queer as like wow this is actually me you know how much more trauma am i cutting off like how much what's yeah. left because this i've only just started dealing with this do you think it's also because it's become much more normalized over the past five years you actually started to mm. think and go whoa because i guess if no if you had never heard of it you would never consider it as an option correct yep but now you're going oh my gosh all these other people are coming out there's actually a whole nother world i'm, I'm starting to see myself as that because mm. as you because I, I obviously i know you and i knew we were going to talk about this and as you're explaining your experience in engineering i was like i wonder if there's a similar experience with with yeah. this, just having this realization of like going through and going, oh my god, and taking a, a step back. Yeah. So the the what I noticed with, so for me, um, coming out as non-binary is a very it's very expression based. It's very um, I don't, I don't know. It's it's hard to explain, but expression is the best way that I can I can say it. And you can easily connect it to visual things because that's kind of we're all very visual. That's how I socialize. So what I wear, how I do my hair, how mm. I just the the choices that I make and that I'm I allow myself to make um, for me then create create this feeling of uh, being non-binary and and just ah oh, it's so it's so beautiful and so centered. And I. I have been sitting there and going, what has my journey been? And I realized before, so every time up to moving to Sydney, I would always try and push the boundaries a bit. So I went through like high school and I was never really pushing the boundaries. You know, I was always like the nice kid and play it safe and everything. When you say pushing the boundaries, you mean like rebel. Okay. So like anything stepping outside of the norm. Correct. Okay. Yep. So I was, got good grades I did this you know like if I got in trouble it was my parents like oh Justin got in trouble this is insane he's yeah, way yeah. out of line like <laughs> yeah the one big joke between us is we all did this you know ridiculous teenage shit and four of us we all got in trouble and I was the only one who my punishment was getting a tutor 
Oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. in my dad's, and I mean, it worked. I ended up crushing the subject that I was shooting on, but it's just such a different mentality. Mm. Um, so yeah, as soon as I left high school, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get all these piercings. I started getting piercings. I was like, you know what? I'm going to dye my hair. Mm. You know what? I'm going to wear all these colorful clothes. Um, and then as I, and then I just kept adding more to that, you know? And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do music. You know what? I'm going to get tattoos. It's kind of like what? if you were to go from zero to a hundred, it'd be really scary. Yes. But you just go, I'm just going to wear this. And then people get used to you wearing that. And yep. then you go, all right, next one. All right, next one. And I've kind of been doing that as well. Yeah. Like just like, I'll start wearing rings. All right. I'm going to wear a necklace. All right. Now I'm going to yep. change my style. I'm going to start wearing different pants. And suddenly it just right. becomes who you are. And then you get those little compliments along the way. Yes, like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they are. And they, yeah. And that's the thing. Like if you're surrounded like where I was in coming from Perth, which, you know, is just such a small place compared to Sydney. There's, you don't get a feeling that if you push the boundaries too much, you'll be held up. Mm. There's just not really enough of that. And, and in order to see the people who I needed to see to, who looked different, I had to go to like two, two suburbs out of all of them, mm. you know? Whereas in Sydney, you have a bunch, huge areas. So I only ever stepped out in what I thought would be um, allowed Mm. And um, what would, you know, still get me work as a, as a musician, as a gigging right. musician. I dare not, you know, even having like stretching my ears. I was like, are they going to be okay with that? As if anyone fucking cared. Yeah, you're right. Especially but in that industry. I know, right? No <laughs> one cares. Like all the like, industries in the world. Ah, that was the best thing about leaving engineering. Because I had to take out, I used to have so many piercings. I had to take them all out for VAC work. Mm. And I never got them back. And I was just like, fuck you. Mm. <laughs> you stopped me expressing myself. And so now I'd... Yeah, anytime people are talking about jobs not allowing them to wear things, I'm just like, oh my God, who, what is this, who is this stopping? It's a very What old is this school. productivity that it's not allowing? It's a very old school mentality, is it? Yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Very uniformity. Oh, even school. I, I mean, it's always interesting, like the uniforms at school. Like, oh. I, I think I had zero self-expression. Fa- I had no idea about fashion because yeah. I never, all you did was I played sport on the weekend yep. and I went to school. Yep. So it's like I never had an opportunity to ever try wearing it. Especially as a guy, there's no one telling you to do anything as well. 100%. And it wasn't until, I guess, COVID. It was, it was because of COVID. I went, I've got some money from the COVID cash ah. and I was bored. I yeah. might do some online shopping. And I was like, you know what? I kind of want to change my style because I've never actually had a chance to play around with it. Yeah. And that's my advice would be to actually any men or I guess anyone who's looking to change their style. It doesn't have to be crazy. Just as we said, do one thing. Ah. Start wearing something and then slowly think of it as a year-long process. Yes. You know, you don't have to just bang because that's mm. very scary. 100%. Like that's very uncomfortable. But just go this, then this, and you get compliments along the way, which builds up your confidence. Yeah. So by the time a year later, you're a completely different style and that's yeah. just who you are. Yeah. And, and, and then to add on to that, really don't forget self-compassion because you can have a lot of, you know, we always have this feeling of, we need to be somewhere or we're so desperate to get out of an uncomfortable feeling Mm. and we go, this could be it. And it's okay if that's not it. And it's okay if you see someone else, you know, wearing or doing something that may be too scary, Mm. you know, just trust that your this every step you're taking is for you. And like, if I can be an example, it's like, I don't know many other people that just, like to come out, I know so many other people who, you know, they knew their sexuality or whatever when they were a teenager. Like deep down. Yeah. yeah they yeah. just kind of, and I was just like, I really, it took me a while. And that's me. Mm. I am the person that I'm like baby stepping. Um, so yeah, that self-compassion yeah. and to just be like, it's okay. And, and I'm allowed to change my mind at any point in any time. And that is not anyone, it's not to do with anyone else. Regardless of other people's opinions. Yeah. Because the quote I love to refer to is the number one regret of the dying is I wish I would have lived a life more true to myself rather than lived a life that others expected of me. Yes. And older generations will try to push that bullshit onto you. Yeah, yeah. And it is so useless. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I remember, and I think I said this to you, like we did a goal setting session at, at the beginning of this year, if you remember. Mm. And um, I don't think you'd come out at that point. No. No. Yeah. And I remember- it was, you, I was very like just- Teetering. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's fucking scary. For oh. sure. And I remember like oh. you said- I just want to wear a dress once. Yeah, I know. And and I was I didn't <laughs> like one time. One that, that, time. that was your goal. Was to wear it one and time. At that point I had only bought a couple skirts. Mm. Like very oh, sorry, skirt. Yeah, yeah. No, no, but it was a dress. Oh, oh yeah. Well, maybe yeah, yeah. I hadn't bought any. I think I hadn't bought any. No, you're right. 
I just remember you wanted to do it once and now every time I see you, you're doing it yeah. and every day. And this is like, what, six months, seven yeah. months? And, and you know, it's so funny. This is the fastest I've ever ch- had change in my life. And it's so scary, but I need it. Mm. So like, uh, clearly I was pushing it down for so long. It, it comes out eventually and you want it to hopefully come at, in a positive way as opposed to, you know, you know, you can really have to, people force you to push things down and it can come out in really self-destructive ways. And, and like that is our brains have a way of forcing us to deal with things. And even if those ways are, you know, intrusive thoughts or something yeah. like, you know, Let's just say we're not built to run away from things. Unfortunately, my, most, my first viral video ever was about an experiment between boys and girls. So it was a boys versus girls experiment. Mm. And they had toddlers in a room. They had girls in one room and boys in the other. And the, the scientists would come in and say, shh, there's a baby sleeping next door. And they put a baby monitor um, down next to the kids. Mm. Then they'd leave the room. And then the baby would start crying. It would play through the monitor. And the girls kind of ran up, knocked on the door and got parents and asked them for help. The Mm. boys walked up to the monitor and switched it off. (laughs) (laughs) But they had wired up the kids to see their like their vitals and like and everything. And the boys got way more stressed out and way more emotional than the girls. Now this science this doesn't prove anything. Mm. But they were kind of saying perhaps men are more emotional. But as you said, we bottle up. We're masters at bottling it up. And it comes out in aggression typically, which is what we see, and other forms of emotion, which is very unhealthy. Yeah. And and I think that's just what's so cool is that sort of stuff is interesting information because it opens to more questions, Mm. which is so beautiful. You go like, why? Like my first thought is, you know, this intergenerational trauma. If, you know, granddad is like, I'm, I am scared for my life if I express my emotions. Yes. If enough generations are doing that, then you create that fear response. Yep. So you dare not. So then, and emo- like you said, emotions kind of like bottle up. So if you're not, and if you don't feel safe, then your uh, vitals will, will spike. And mm. so like, it's like these, yeah, kids are just born into... We are, you know, and, and I mean, I'm talking for it's men. So bullshit because we didn't do anything wrong. No, exactly. <laughs> and I'm talking on men specifically because you know that's kind of mm. how I've and, grown and up. I've spent most of my life as a man. So yeah, exactly. I, I fucking get it. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> um, was I was gonna say. Um, yeah, it passes down. As I said, I've seen my granddad here. My dad's got better, and then I'm here. But if we don't deal with our emotions in certain ways, it does bottle up. Yeah, and it's just it's something I've been studying a lot on vulnerability and the power of vulnerability. I don't even know if you've read Brené Brown's work. Oh, yeah. Oh, you have. Obsessed. Obsessed. Like she's like the queen of that that topic of shame and vulnerability. Yeah. And the number one fear that men have universally has been being perceived as weak. Yep. And so we'll do everything to make sure that we're not weak. And if we perceive showing emotion as weakness, then we won't do it. Yep. And if we're told you can't cry, as that that means you're weak, then we'll do it. Well, I mean, we'll keep it bottled up, right? Yeah. And that's why I think we need to flip the narrative. Because it's really, as Brene Brown says, showing emotion is a strength. It's the mm. truest form of vulnerability. Yeah. And I can see from like an outsider perspective from like, like if, if women's looking, if women are going, just show, show emotion. It's from logic, mm. it seems so simple, but oh, because yeah. it's so ingrained, it's so difficult. Mm. And so it's just, a, it's a very weird thing. Yeah. It's a very, it's strange that it, to be in the body and go like, I'm doing the best I can. Yeah, like to just cry. I I can't. It took me until I was 28. I still remember when I and this is after like I've had lots of therapy and I was doing lots of work in my relationship at the time and I was reading Brene Brown. Nice. I was reading. I was reading so much fucking psychology <laughs> shit. And so that's so there you go. As a you're indoctrinated to believe that you can't cry and you have to read all this shit. And I remember one night I finally managed to go past the anxiety and just feel the emotion. And I just cried. It was like 12 o'clock at night and I was on the couch mm. crying. And I was like, is this it? Mm. I've seen women do this all. I've seen my mum do this all the time. Mm. Like, I was like, oh my God, I get it. But what do men do Fucking when we hell. see women doing that? We get so scared. And we just kind of go, oh, <laughs> I don't know just, how to deal with that's it. That's just women being emotional, right? Yeah. And again, we make Minimize it- Minimize neg- and downplay and negative. Yeah, and, yeah. Ne- and, then, and then we go, oh, so we shouldn't be doing that. Yep. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. It's crazy. And you learn this stuff from everyone else. Like there yeah. is always a period where you're curious and other people tell you the narrative. Mm. And, and it's this funny thing of being, because like the, one of the funniest things about going out of um, male identifying to non-binary is you just, you've grown up with all this privilege. You're like, hey- Mm. That was great. 
I'm going to leave now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny leaving all the privilege because you look back and you're like, oh my God. And it still stays, obviously, because I was growing up with it mm. and socialized with it. Mm. But it's it's crazy how as a when you're in you're born as a boy, you're born into the power, right? Like you are like at the top. Even someone like me who's like one of the darkest kids in school, and I'm still even not that dark. That's, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like one yeah, of the darkest kids in school. And I was still, that gave me a bit less power, but I mm. still, you know, was up there, still a guy. And it's crazy how the, it's kind of like we have the most power and, you know, we're taught that we're better than these people and they're expressing this, or oh, we shouldn't do that because we need to lord over them and mm. we need to have power over them and we want to keep our power It's almost like and keep our position. It's almost if you use the word leader. It's like a leader should show strength. Yes. Therefore they should. And if we view strength as not crying and not showing emotion, yes. then that's what we want to be. Yes. Whereas if we actually go, hold on, a leader needs to be vulnerable and open and be able to have these deep conversations. Yeah. That's a narrative we should be trying to switch. Because when you say we're taught to believers, people aren't literally teaching us. No, it's, it's, it's conditioning. Uh, it's very right? sneaky. It's conditioning ah. and beliefs over, and references and It's of part beliefs. of the culture. It's, exactly. so, it's so in there, you don't even need to talk about it. Oh. Like, yeah. You couldn't put a finger on it. No. So where did this come from? Well, it came from me watching Iron Man. Yep. It came from Gossip Girl was the most toxic thing. Have you seen Gossip Girl? Just snippets. Well, the two, the two main guys, there's a session where they get like depressed or like whatever, they're feeling down. And one of them gives his black book to the other guy and he gives him his penthouse. And it's just full of women that he can call up and hook up with. And it's like, <laughs> this is their depiction of a male going through depression, just banging you know, models oh and God. prostitutes. And you're like, this is such a I horrible just, representation oh of a man going through God. depression. That's it the best be, they could do. It was, I mean, I don't know the best they could do. I just remember thinking, this is so toxic. Like, this is such a bad mentality for young boys to be looking at. Yeah. Have you seen that guy, Andrew Tate? Oh, my God. Have you seen him? Oh, my God. <laughs> just disgusting. Yeah, because I've... Uh, so sad this... I, I know it's dumb saying it still exists, but... You know when you kind of you surround yourself by good people, yes, and then you're like, oh no, the shit still. Exists. Yeah, you forget, don't you? No, you do. Genuinely, it's so fucked. But like, I remember because oh. you know, I was one of the key points I was speaking with this guy is because he puts out the most crazy stuff, and obviously yeah. he does it intentionally, right? You know, the one thing he's good at, he's very entertaining. Mm. He speaks so fast, and he'll talk about all this stuff. And for me, when I watch him say something like, he basically says, "Women are property." Or like a, a man's allowed to cheat, but a woman isn't and stuff yeah. like that. And for me, I just kind of laugh because I know it's just so ridiculous. But a 14-year-old boy isn't laughing. Mm. Going, it's ridiculous. They think that's... My, my cousins were... I could see them like getting pulled into that stuff. Right. Exactly like that. Because we have the maturity to go, this is ridiculous. This yep. guy's just an idiot. But younger boys don't. And mm. that's my worry. Yep. It's not how it's affecting me and my friend. It's like, no. what is this guy teaching the young, impressionable men or boys of the next generation. 100%. It's like, oh God. 100%. It's so and bad. It's, and it's so, I think a lot of a lot of men don't take that responsibility seriously enough mm. because we put so much on kids, especially teenagers. Oh my God, we expect teenagers to just fucking know and be like, no, you should do this and you should organize this and you should, 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 should mm. for their whole life. Meanwhile, the adults aren't doing dick mm. and they're not leading by their example. And it makes no sense. And then they see, you know, a boy will be like, oh, and will slut shame someone. And the parents like, oh, and you're like, well, what are you doing to provide an example mm. that isn't, what are you, you know? Well, like Brene Brown point when she talks about parents is like, she studies have shown, it doesn't matter how much you teach a child, whatever you say to a child, the, the most powerful thing is how you live your life. Yes. Ch children will want to emulate that. 100%. So if you live your life by certain morals and values, your child, whether you teach them or not, is going to want to emulate that. Yeah. And I see with my parents, I have the same values and morals that they taught me, but they didn't sit me down no. and pull out a book and teach me <laughs> this stuff, right? It's Make just, you learn it. Exactly. You just <laughs> learn it because that's, you want to emulate your parents. Yep. And yeah, that's the issue. If these young boys are on TikTok or whatever and they're going, maybe they don't have a father figure, or they feel disconnected and they find yeah. someone like this guy who's all the way traditional success of male, you know, archetypes. Yeah. He's, he's in shape. He's a fighter. He's strong. He's rich. He's got the nice cars. He's got the yeah. women and everything. They go, oh, that's what being a man is. He must be, he must know what to say. It's yes. like, oh, yes. this is a danger. Yes. And then school, schoolyard politics just make, and bullying just make things a thousand times worse. Mm. Like it was one of the hardest places to try to, to just, you've got to spend most of your day there if you don't happen to fit in. You're fucked. Yeah. And then your parents are like, well, you better go to school. You're like, but I am so fucking depressed. Mm. And so you are really kind of like, well, I better fit this mold. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to exist at the end of high school. So you start to, I guess, yeah, mold is a good one. You start yeah. to mold yourself into who, yep. you, who you are to fit within the others. Yep. You kind of go, 
you know, you don't completely change yourself, but you no. really squeeze it in there. And well, what Renee Brown says it's the the little cube that right. the men just get put into this cube, and you're like, that's it, that's yeah. the cube. I mean, for us, we teach masks. Yeah. So we have different masks, right? Yep. You, you go up to the, the sports guys and you get a mask. Or you go sure up to your, your family, you've got a different mask. Yeah. You go up to your work friends, you've got a different mask. So how often are the masks off and it's just your authentic self? Yes. And I think, I mean, I'm privileged enough and I'm lucky enough and I put a lot of work into it is to, I feel like I always have my mask off. And that's because I surround myself with people like yourself, like Pace and everything, which is, and you know my belief on, I think the number one goal in your 20s should be to find good quality people. Yeah. Because any issue that you have is only going to be easier with good quality people around you supporting you. Yeah. As you said, you it, you didn't even consider non-binary as an option until you moved to Sydney. Yeah. And you started going, whoa, <laughs> hold on. It's it's funny, like, people talking about uh, – just I'm just thinking about all the shitty people that will kind of hate representation or, like, why did you make that character black or something? You're like, mm. oh, my God. It makes such a big deal seeing yourself. Yes. yes. Holy shit. And it's so easy <sighs> – you know, because I've got the perspective of a of a white man, right? Yeah. And I was like, why did it doesn't really like, the best example is the Wiggles, right? Yes. When, when they had women to the Wiggles, I was yep. like, oh, that's cool. I don't really care about. It. I've done much opinions, but now that I've done a lot of work with beliefs and stuff, I was like, holy crap, that is so important. Yep. Having a female Wiggle because now girls can be like, oh, this there's a there's someone, and it's not consciously happening. No, they're not four year olds going, oh, it's a woman that makes me feel better. They're just it becomes normalized where they start to think, oh, this is my world as well. Yeah. And so, yeah, it is so important. And it's so easy to play it off as, oh, it's not that important, but it's like, you don't get it. And I could never get it. Mm. But because I've worked a lot in the space, it's like, you have to understand, if you're an outlier, seeing someone look like you on a screen or in whatever it is, can give you so much confidence. It's crazy. Yeah. And, it, and it's, it's annoying that our brains are, we'll always have that curious, open child-like part of us that needs to feel safe to exist you know there's always going to be a certain percentage that are the rebels mm. and they're like i don't care what you say i'm going to stand out but there's probably more people that need to see to go oh that's allowed mm. oh amazing you know have you seen sex ed <laughs> yeah yeah so yep. like I, that's i mean the representation in that show is just absolutely insane even yeah. to the point of like i remember the, uh, you know jackson the the sports the sporty guy how they showed him, how he, he was a, the kingpin of school, school and everything. And then they go back and his mothers are just fighting and they're pre- pu- pushing so much pressure that he breaks his own hand and they actually unpack that side of things. So intense, yeah, yeah. And so, You're yeah. like, yes, I want to know this. Yeah. This is the stuff I want to know. And again, this is all happening subconsciously. Yep. Like, the, I feel, I mean, pr- people probably consciously go, well, that's cool, there's someone like me on, on cinemas, but kids aren't. They're just going if we have representation across all movies and stuff and kids watch that, it just becomes, they have so much confidence built in. Yeah. Cause you go, Oh yeah, that's just, I can do that. It just is. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like a, it's not the one off character or it's not mm. this. It just is like even seeing, I don't know if you've seen Heartstoppers. No. I, uh, one of the best things I've ever seen. Movie and it's just like a, sorry. Movie or show. Show. Okay. Um, and it's just like a, a teenage, um, you know, friendship, romance sort of thing, but it's specifically a queer show. Mm. Like I say that as if it like, the reason I say that is just because I was grow up watching OC and I was like, I would love if this was instead of the OC because mm. the OC was like, oh, and here's two hetero couples and they brought in someone that was like lesbian. It was like, oh my God, is a lesbian on the show. Mm. And then watching this show, just you're just watching people that are like straight or bi or gay and you're like, well, that was easy. And it's, it's not forced because there's often yeah. a lot of like, oh God, they bring in a gay character and you're like, oh, that was yep. not, it just felt so like, we it's just al- put them in there for the sake of it. Yeah, it's always they, a side piece. They don't weave it into the actual story. Hundred, exactly. It's like, yep. the, and they often make it, that's their character. He's gay yep. or, or they're gay. It's yep. like, they can just be the main character and happen to be yeah. gay as well. Like it doesn't have to be their whole arc. It's so uncreative. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which almost makes it, you know, does probably more harm than good when they do yep. really poor writing. And that's where I think sex head's so amazing because it's just so flawless and seamless yeah. from my perspective. And and just talking to um, people, like I work, I'm in a band um, and there's an 18-year-old and she was just saying, this show is so fucking relatable. Mm. Like the she had a really shitty principal, like the principal in season three. And I was like, oh my God, this is so, so like, it's, yeah, and it's funny because it'll only be like the shitty parents being like, oh, this is dumb. And you're like, this is, a, this is real life. Yeah, like, yeah. This is <laughs> yeah. 100%. Um, but yeah, is there anything else? I guess just kind of going back to 
maybe for anyone who's listening to this, when you decided to come out, like what were the signs for you? What did you start to notice? Because you said you didn't really know until- Yeah, it like snuck up 30. on me. You did, it wasn't like you people know for 10 years deep down and they're, it's yeah. repressed and they don't, they're scared or everything. For you, it was yeah. a little bit different. For me, yeah, yeah. For me, it really came out before I kind of realised, I guess. So the, I know like the, the random, the big moments. So the first moment was moving to Sydney allowing myself to be separated from everything in Perth and everyone there. So I could be a, a new person, so to speak here. And people would just go, Oh yeah. So you can reinvent yourself, reinvent myself. Mm. Um, also my job was not gigging anymore. I didn't have to be in front of people all the time. Mm. So I could wear whatever I wanted. Um, one of the first people that I wrote with was Pace and his nails were painted. Mm. And I was like, you can paint it. Guys can paint their nails. <laughs> Literally, that's what I never, I swear to God, I never wanted to paint my nails in my life. I never wanted to put on makeup. Mm. I just, a few things, being in Sydney gave me permission as crazy, mm. but that's how my brain works. And then I was like, oh, and then I, I started growing out my hair and it was all curly and I was like, oh, I feel good. And then mm. I started buying earrings. I was like, oh, and then. It's the thing we're talking about, the step. Is the little it's little, 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 yep. little, yeah. Yep, all within the safety of of being a, a guy, mm. you know? I was like, oh, I'm just I'm just expressing myself as a guy. And then, and I also, moving to Sydney um, but, and job, but also having such a supportive partner. Mm. Oh my God, like mm. super just, you know, I could look like anything, wear anything, and she would just be like, I love you, you're mm. amazing, I'm attracted to you. Mm. So that really fucking helped. And I think it got to the point where I had started putting on like, I was putting on eyeliners before I came out as non-binary and I was like, oh, this is, this is interesting. This is scary as fuck. So every mm. new thing I tried was scarier. Nail polish was like, oh, black nail polish, you know. It's still very manly. Still yeah, very manly, yeah. <laughs> you know. Then I started wearing like, yeah, then it was, yeah, eyeliner. And then I remember going to a gig and um, Pace's mate Tess was like, you look beautiful. And I was mm. like, <laughs> oh my god she knows <laughs> like, but i didn't know but she's on to me <laughs> she's on to me like i was just like this is this is great mm. i just it was like is that uh, do you think because like beautiful usually traditionally used for women yeah i think any guy wants to be called beautiful to be honest i, I, I don't think i've ever called been called beautiful <laughs> right it's yeah. such a good feeling awful uh, maybe one day <laughs> yeah you gotta get spontaneously though you can't yeah, yeah oh yeah, yeah. If you said it right now like it wouldn't mean yeah. i reckon with those those rings that get you well i was mean pace wore eyeliner for the formal night yeah it's subtle subtle but oh you both God. look stunning you both look beautiful i loved it did that work there we go, there we go. Uh, <laughs> but even then that was a little step for me and we were yeah. doing i was doing it with pace yeah and it's very subtle yeah in fact i kind of wanted to get more i know right. I, I, my do you know what my logic was um johnny depp and pirates of the caribbean same oh <laughs> i was like there's a guy he's a, he's a sex icon as well so i said so it's like well if he's a masculine sex idol that's then exactly it how could anyone like Okay, that's it's funny. <laughs> and, the same thought and uh, arrow. Oh yeah, yeah, because yeah, <laughs> he wears it for the. He has like the eye makeup. And like, Batman, uh, the latest Batman, he yep. has it as well. Just super. I, I mean, I love superheroes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you. I love this. Um, fuck. Um, so yeah, get me back on track. Nails, eyeliner. Yep. So I was trying all the things. I started, you know, buying new pants stuff. I was like, ooh, I'm, I'm so fucking excited whatever yeah yeah and then i remember and i started i don't know if this is a thing that ever, I, th I think it's the thing at all uh, with the age of googling a lot of queer people st you know googling am i this am i mm -hmm. this and so i started googling what am i what am i like and i went through i was like am i gay am i i didn't know i just googled everything like buzzsprout no, yeah, sorry, yeah. buzzfeed buzzfeed just like yeah, a quiz yeah <laughs> queer buzzwords yeah there was <laughs> i definitely did some quizzes yeah yeah <laughs> Hundred percent. You can't not do it if it's there. I'm gonna do it. Of course, it. yeah. Um, so I and and obviously, you know, you're still gonna find some quizzes that will still box you out because, you know, even in the open spaces, people are still gonna try and categorize you. Well, a quiz gives you an answer. It gives you an answer, and yeah. it, it really doesn't know who you are. So. Exactly. It's not trying to be nice. Yeah. So I was like, okay, whatever, and I kind of sat with it, and then one night I was lying in bed with my partner, and I just. It was just, my head was just, my brain was going insane and it was crying out to me. I just want to be, it literally, we were saying like, I just want to be they, them. Mm. It was pronoun based. Something mm. about the pronouns, they, them, I just, I needed it. I mm. felt free. I felt 
I can't explain. Yeah, it's yeah. so intense. And I just burst out crying because I was so, it was the most, one of the most vulnerable things I've ever done. Wow. You know, like I, I hadn't been thinking about it that long. Wow. And I was just, and I was just burst out to her and I was like, I don't know anything. Like she was like, what do you want from me? I was like, I don't know. I'll just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. she's like, do you want me to call you? You know, what do you want your pronouns? I'm like, I don't know. I just, yeah, yeah. let's just ease into it. And I, I still like, am, I'm still practicing, you know, asking and, and correcting people yeah. and you know because you get taught a lot don't bother someone you know don't correct someone especially as a guy oh we're just joking like mm, mm. you know and so i'm um, just banter just banter yeah. Yeah, yeah um so yeah i was just like freaked out and then slowly i was like and then i started telling people and i was like oh it feels good telling people but only the right people you mm. know so i was just like slowly anyone close to me and i told my parents i mean i told my partner I told my housemates and then as I told people, I just, then I started buying more clothes and then I just started and just little things like, I was like, oh, I'm allowed to walk different now. Mm. Ridiculous. This is how guys, this is insight into guys. You have to walk a certain way. You have right. to talk a certain yeah. way. It's, it's such so a dumb. box thing, isn't it? It's such a block thing. And if you're not in the box, then you're, you know, shamed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's definitely changing. But definitely, I mean, I mean, maybe I think that because of the people I surround myself with. But then I hear stories from my sister in high school. I'm like, oh God, they're just as no. bad as I was. They're just as bad as the guys when I was in school five right? years ago. Like we have to, I think it's, we have to believe we're moving forward to to keep that hope. Yeah. But still remember that they're the people that are, you know, if we ignore that there's any shit people, then. Well, if we get stuck in our echo chamber. Yeah, that's what we, it is. Yeah. And we go, oh yeah, <laughs> no, no, the world's great. And we go, oh wait, that's, that's right. I've, there's yeah. other people out there. And we need to know because we need to be able to believe because those kids will tell you what's going on if you don't believe them. That is really fucked. Mm. You know, like it's a big deal. Um, I mean, I guess it's yeah. baby steps. It's almost like it's crazy. The word coming out is almost misleading. Yeah, because it's like a you just ha it just you you step out and that's it. So here's one of the most interesting things. So I started, of course, since I came out. Then I started <laughs> messaging a mate of mine. I was like. Do you have any such such a broad question? Do you have any queer podcasts? She was like, uh, you need to be more specific. I was like, mm. I don't really know. This is all very new to me. And I found one. As like I found a bunch that uh, my friends and family like randomly listen to. And one has come out. I think it's come out wherever you are um, by this uh, guy called, Sh oh God, Sean Zepps. Um, and it's just, he just interviews people and their coming out story. And his thing that he's always starts with is. It's such a good concept yeah it's that's, great that's, I, oh, that's such a such a simple powerful concept yeah but one of the coolest things was and as soon as he said it, i was like oh my god that's exactly describes it it's when did you first come out and when did you last come out ah uh, yes yes so yes. everyone talks about the first coming out but it's the everyday coming out mm. and a lot of it is non-verbal so to exist i can only speak for myself but to exist as a non-binary person every time you walk around you are coming out <laughs> mm. by every just being outside your house you're coming out and it is so different to walking around as a guy walking around as a guy you just have a shield all your life or mm. you maybe build one as well and you kind of go no one's gonna fuck with me like and i'm you know 191 centimeters like yeah i'm lucky i'm tall Which is like six six two, three or six something three, yeah, yeah. yeah so and i used to have a beard like i used to have a look that you know i probably people didn't want to try and whatever mm. whereas now i'm walking around and i'm wearing you know i'm wearing skirts and i got shaved legs i might be wearing makeup mm. and it is every single place you walk around to people are going what is this person mm. what are you how do you exist and the funny thing is if i don't do that and i don't come out just by existing i feel so fucking invisible mm. and it's so funny because again it is this weird juxtaposition of coming from being so i mean i still had this invisibleness from like um my skin color and stuff but as a guy you are visible a lot and so when you go out of that to you know going to suddenly people being confused and you're kind of like this is this is a lot so you, for you i mean it's an interesting situation it was like a very stark contrast yeah so you went from this to this and you could see the difference quite clearly yeah and it, it's the the feeling like as soon as i knew what i needed very similar to music as soon as i knew that i needed to do music and i, I felt it deeply mm. 
I couldn't, mm. you couldn't, if you push me into a... This, I, is, this is why when you <laughs> first started telling me this story, I was like, I wonder if it's going to link to his coming out story. Because, yeah. sorry, yeah. your coming out story. Hey, good pick slip, up. Slip up, That yeah. was pretty quick though. Um, <laughs> yeah, his coming out story, because it's just so similar. It's like that, <sighs> oh, the, the self-realization mm. of like, and that, because I think people are chasing that feeling of... yeah. Of what do I want to do with my God, life? We are. Or like, who am I? Yes. And is there going to be a moment where it just happens? And I think for some it might, and for some it doesn't. For me, I can't pinpoint any exact moments, but there's lots of different moments where it, that led to get me to where I am. Yep. And my thing's always just, I just go with the flow. You and, tra- just, and you're just chasing those moments. Yeah, <laughs> really. And if you don't get one for a while, you're like, oh, well, I think I need to fucking change it up. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I love that. That's, that's exactly it. And so now it's, it's so funny. This is, I always find it's funny the... You know, I guess the thing we can both relate to is going the non, down the non-traditional yes. career path. As soon as you know you want it, you, as soon as you're out of the ignorance. Oh my God. <laughs> it's, it's amazing, but it's insanity. Yeah. Because you're like, this is insane. I think- I, I choose to do this. This is madness. And so many people underestimate, I think, the feeling of just having the same amount of money coming in every week. Yeah. Like how valuable <laughs> that is. <laughs> as someone who's only actually just recently achieved that in the past yeah. month, for the past- since I finished high school, I've never had that consistency of just like, all right, every week I get $1,000 or $500 or whatever yeah. it is. I might get $10,000 and then nothing for six months. <laughs> and, and it sounds pretty crazy to people. It's like, oh, it's not a big thing, but it adds so much stress. Yeah. And like just living a life. And then so many things on top of that, as you know, just- Because everything mm. else is based around consistent payments. Yes. And you, that's how the world works. Yeah. Yeah. You pay your rent every week. Everything. Yeah, you you get paid every week. You're yeah. like, well, I just don't like- But I, I love the unknown. Yep. I love diving into the unknown. Yep. That's where the most exciting things happen. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just like smash everything right now. Yeah. <laughs> that has been more and more my mantra every year. Like um, leaving engineering, I was like, oh, into the unknown. Yeah, unknown. And then like, you know, traveling, I went overseas and then I just to see if I wanted it and I fucking hated it. Really? If it wasn't for that, yeah, if it wasn't for known. that, I wouldn't have known that I would have loved music this much. Mm. Like, well, it's one of the other top regrets of the dying is. So many people, very rarely do they regret the risks that they took, mm. but they always regret the risks they didn't take. Yes. And so you, I mean, my mantra would be, I'd rather take the risk and fail or have it slap me in the face, but at least I gave it a shot. Yep. Because I don't want to be, you know, 80 years old with that feeling going, oh, I wonder what would have happened if, yeah. or if I had done that thing, yeah. or if I had asked out that person. It's like, how different would my life be? What could I be doing? There's a story actually, do you know Fabio, one of our friends, the drone pilot? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Awesome. I love that story. Yes. Uh, oh, the, you, I've already shared it, have I? The yeah. grandma one? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, there's, there's I was one. Thinking, I was thought about the him oh, yeah, getting yeah. recruited. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but he shared a story where he was out doing like a, doing some shooting some stuff in, in, in the country of Australia. And um, a photography group came with a bunch of kind of older people. And there's one woman who went, oh, look at you. You're so lucky. You know, I had to wait until I finished my job before I could get into photography. And she said it. She said it way better or something. Yeah. And then she just left. And was like, <laughs> "Leave you with that." It's like drop this bomb. It's like you're so lucky. I had to wait until I retired before I could do what I really wanted to do, and then just left. And he's like, "What do I do with this?" It's, it's like an angel, or like you know, just someone coming down, just dropping this information. Yeah. And it was so poignant because he had you know quit his corporate job and is now pursuing what he wants yep. to do full time. Yeah, and it is like you don't want to be. There's another quote: "Die with, uh, die with memories, not dreams." Yep, you don't want to die with dreams. Yeah, create those memories. That's exactly it. And it's and it's what's so important is that we continue to foster that culture that allows people to take those risks mm. because so many people are like, why don't you take a risk? And you're like, but you never said it was good to take a risk unless mm. it was this particular risk or, mm. you know, the, the acceptable risk is buying a house and you're in million dollars of debt, but that you're allowed to take that risk. Mm. You better not, you know, do, you better not study music or you better not, you know, wait for a job that might pay you 10 grand in a month. Mm. Better buy a house instead. Like it's so weird these, what we're allowed to risk. Well, you've got to tune out the noise. Yeah. And it's like, you really just got to listen to yourself. Like really just listen to yourself. I think that maybe is the theme of this episode. Yeah. For career, oh, for identity, time. whatever it big is. Time. And that's the word I love to use, self-discovery. And you'll feel that there is like an icky feeling. I mean, it's hard because you'll have, you might accidentally do something that you get lots of praise for, mm. which was a lot of my childhood. And so you enjoy doing it. It might not necessarily fulfill you, but it, it feels fucking good because you're getting a lot of praise. Yeah. And there's a you know? there's a viral TikTok video 
Pace and I were talking about where this guy says a lot of people will be personal trainers because they have good genetics and they're very fit and people say you should be a personal trainer. Yeah. <laughs> or it's like, you know, is this person good at rugby? What, what is the example you used? He said, this person's good at rugby because they're naturally quite big. Yeah. And then they kept pursuing it, which, which means they got better and better and better. So yeah. they're not big because of rugby. They do rugby because they're big. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so it's like just because you're smart in math or science doesn't mean you should pursue it. And because you're getting all these, you know, this, this praise. And so I think you really just have to, I mean, once you finish school, just reinvent yourself. Just not reinvent, just yeah. take time. <laughs> well, just, down. yeah, remind yourself that you are, as if I can, you know, give any show from just living mm. is a change of scenery yes. is, oh my God. Oh, I wake up. It's, it's such a wake up. And it, and if it isn't, then keep changing it. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's so true because I grew up in the Shire. Do you know Southern Shire? Oh yeah. I've heard lots about and the it's Shire. It's such a bubble. It's crazy. It's beautiful. It's because it's so beautiful. Yep. There's so much nature, but it's such a bubble of a predominantly middle-class white. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just like, oh my God, it's so comfortable that no one ever leaves. Mm. Like so many people I know are still there. Like if I was to give advice to anyone in my school, I'd be like, get out of there. Like you have to get out. It's because yeah. it's beautiful. It's a you lovely area, but not, you just don't grow there. And you don't meet That's new people. That's exactly it. Because you stay with all your high school friends because yeah. you're comfortable. And like, you got to rip yourself out, and which it, is Fabio's story. Yeah. He lost his job because of COVID. He said he never would have quit his job. Right. And then he got fired. And it's so funny. We're all trying to find that inner thing. And mm. you just want to be like... It's in the uncomfortability. Yeah. It's in the fear. The it's, unknown. It's in the unknown. And I, and I know that's so hard and, and it's 100% is privilege. Like if you have kids or whatever, like, you know, it's always for each individual person, but just know that there's, it, there's no rule saying that you have to be comfortable. It's all your choice. That's the beauty of this podcast. Yeah. I'm talking to 16 and 25 year olds. So I can say with confidently, now this is the best time to take risks yeah. because you probably don't have kids yeah. or mortgage yeah. or people to look after. Like once you hit, you know, whatever age and you start having kids, man, taking a risk is a whole nother ball game. Because you're looking after two people. And it's so different um, for anyone having a uterus, anyone who wants to give birth. Like yes. it's, you know, you are just kind of forced to think about that sort of stuff. Like you've got a time clock. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it is such a good time. And, and the best part is like, I don't know, doing that exploration in that time just fast tracks everything else. And it, I'm sure there's some stats out there just severely decreases your chance of ridiculous midlife crises. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so ridiculous. That's where it comes up when it's yeah. you just keep it bottled for so long. But yeah. like the come up is the best bit. I was talking mm. about this one with Josh and Luke, who our friend, he's a travel vlogger. And he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Surviving off $4 a day in India and crashing in hostels is the best. You know, me and Pace, I mean, this is a great house, but it's also a piece of shit. Like it's moldy and wet and yeah. damp. And I know one day when I've got a nice house, you know, I'm living with nice sunlight, we'll look back and be like, how good were those days? Yep. You know, there's Always. that quote from The Office. Have you seen The Office? Like the last episode. Uh, no, and Andy's just like, I wish there was a way to know you're in the good old days before they're gone. Yeah. It's now. You're in the good old days. You're always in the good old days. Yeah. You're going to look back on these times. And I think that's where it's like how you live your days is how you live your life. People get too caught up on when I get this, when I get to the few, when I become fully paid, when yep. I'm on stage, when I'm doing this. It's yep. like, just learn to enjoy the process and yeah. the journey and you'll yes. be so much more internally happy. Yes. Oh my God. None of this, like the rewards at the end. Yeah. Like if, if, I mean, if you need that, like I do that stuff all the time, light at the end of the tunnel, but For it sure. is always the journey and we all, you know, you learn still the need hard hope. way, but. You still need yeah. something to look forward to and hope. Yeah. But you don't want to lean on that because have shown like the hedonic treadmill they call it yeah which is yeah, where yeah. as soon as humans as we get happy we go back down to where we were and if yep. they've done studies with people who won the lottery and they went up then they came back down it's they've done people right. with studies who've like lost limbs they've gone way down but they eventually come back up so we're always at this kind of baseline and maybe the question is how do you raise your baseline yeah that was fantastic and so like your base health yeah like what <laughs> your, your base like i guess level of happiness because you're never just gonna be happy all the time no life hits you yeah. you're always gonna have ups and downs yeah so I guess just understanding that as soon as, as humans, whenever we achieve something, we go, what's next? Oh, I, I played on stage. I want to do 200 people. Oh, now I want to do 500 people. Yeah. Now I want to do 1,000. Now I want to sell at a stadium. And we're never happy. So you got to enjoy the process. <laughs> That's, yeah, it's never enough. Never enough, never. That's, that took a while before I spontaneously came out. It did, song, yeah, it really did, actually. It's like the end of it. That's crazy. I was about to bring up the last question. Um, final question. Okay. Which yeah, is, yeah. I, I mentioned I start with one question, I close with one. Fantastic. And it's very simple. What advice would you give to an 18-year-old today? 
Um, I would follow your heart. Um, oh, now we've, we've broken <laughs> the dam. <laughs> oh, goodness. It, it really is to, yeah, give yourself that space. You know, keep in mind that you've been kind of pushed into a space that is probably created so that a bunch of people can coexist together. But now you get the opportunity to just exist on your own for the first time in a really long time. And it is going to be so uncomfortable and it's going to make no sense. But that is the shit. Like that is it. And that's what it's meant to be. Mm. And feel those highs and feel those lows. But it won't help trying to escape it through something that's comfortable just wait until that natural pull mm. and feel yourself get pulled. Get excited about things. Tell your parents, I'm going to go do this and then completely change your mind and keep telling them you're going to do different things and have them say, oh, you're always changing your mind. You're like, I'm just following excitement in mm. life and you just want me to do one boring thing. Mm. Like, and it's like, that's what this time should be. Yeah. Just figuring it out. Just like ne- the yeah. next five years, if you're like 18 year olds, it's like, you've got a five year window mm. where you can just go high risk, high reward. Yep. And if you fail, you're 23. Please just like, who cares? Just fail nonstop. Yeah. Like yeah. all of the failures. And, yeah. and then you will, you'll look back and go, Oh, okay. I, this is how I felt about all those times. Mm. And it's funny. Cause you naturally, your body kind of naturally slows down. So you will notice that there will, it will be harder to make. It is always generally harder for people to make changes. They get older. Mm. So that energy you have to just dive into things. Yeah. Ah, just follow that. Well, they've, they've done studies All forward. They've done studies on that. Like it's as your brain gets older, it takes more energy to make these big decisions. Yeah. And so, yeah, use that leverage the time. Just, yeah. And, and, like you said, block out the noise. Yeah. There's always going to be noise, unfortunately. Just do your best to follow your gut and, um, yeah. Jump into the unknown. Yes, wholeheartedly. And mm. with as much noise as possible, I'm, you know, and express all of that shit. Just express yourself I for my inner child, yeah. <laughs> if everyone could just do that. Jump into the unknown. And another great theme from this was just, you don't actually, you don't have to jump. Baby steps into the yeah. unknown. Just take one step at a time, just like my story, just like your story. Yep. It wasn't, I just went bang, yep. I did this. Oh, then yeah. I tried makeup, then I tried nails, then I tried this, blah, 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 blah. Right. right? And I think that's the best way to do it because it's the most realistic way to do it. Yes. And for your own sanity of fear of judgment, yeah. just take those baby steps and start taking them. Yeah. Because I the think there's a lot of pressure on like, you've got to do this one big moment. So yeah. I've got to change my fashion. No, just start off by doing this, then this, then that. Whatever it is, apply that to so many areas. Yeah. But Justin, thank you for sharing your story. Oh, it was a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I had a, this Ooh. is a great episode. I've really, I've really loved it. I love going more niche into like topics like that. And I love awesome. talking about you know, vulnerability and stuff. So oh. thank you for sharing your story. If people want to follow you online, see your music, just see everything that's happening, where's the best place to go? Um, just go to the Insta at JMQ Music and um, that will have a link to everything from there. Yeah. Everything is at JMQ Music. Yeah. And of <laughs> on course, TikTok and everywhere. I'll link everything below so you can go follow Justin there. But otherwise, yes. thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much, Byron. We yeah. did the thing. <laughs>